We are PKN episode 120. How is everybody? Good. Doing great. Look what oh. I got today. I know we were going to talk about the flag burning thing, but uh, I finally got this in the mail today. Yay. Oh, dude, I got yeah. something in the mail that's kind of cool, too. I... Wait, is that the one that you ordered like months and months and months ago or the one that you were always trying to log on and yeah. then it was like, oh, out of stock again, sucks that's to suck. It. Like, is that yeah. the one? Yeah. Now there's a like, there was a Cyber Monday deal and I got it for cheaper than it normally is. And I got Why the one is I that one oh. so hard to get? Can I interrupt? Just, didn't just the supply and demand. For those of you that are auto audio only, Kyle held up a uh, GTX 1080, which is one of the top graphics cards there is right now. Yeah, I got the Asus okay. Strix overclocked uh, edition. So yeah, should be able to max out my VR gaming and have some real fun. It'll be good. Is it going to be more fun, or is it going to be maybe like panic-inducing? In some um, it'll just be it'll it'll be better because I can't max out all of the settings and um, I think it's raw data and raw data last time I got on there it's got um, what does that mean there's a game called raw data and I can't oh max never out mind I thought that was a settings. technical thing you were saying well the raw data yeah I know it sounds that way bar. you know yeah, the gross data was not the raw data or the net data don't even get raw started. data is a uh, is a shooter uh, slash like sword game where you're defending against these really horrifying robots that come in waves from 360 degrees around you. And you've got to traverse the room and, you know, duck and dodge and dip and uh, and shoot and reload tactically. And it's it's really challenging. I'm not I'm not great at it, um, but I really enjoy it. Woody got an air hog. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, it's a model airplane. Cool. That is, is it, cool. Is, it's just a model, though. It is just no, a model. <laughs> you did you Is it the kind that you assembled yourself? Did you? It, it took me about an hour. And uh, oh. it's a remote-controlled airplane, is what it is. Oh, okay. So that's yeah, what it I, works. So it flies. I haven't flown it yet. The uh, I ordered but it parts will from. Fly. Yeah, it will fly. I'm waiting for the. <laughs> I I got the battery and the um, controller, the transmitter from a different store, so I'm waiting on that stuff to arrive. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was maybe like a model airplane and the kind that you like put together and then like suspend from strings from a ceiling in a kid's room or something. Right, right. No, this is this should be a, a flying airplane, and I'm pretty. Is it a camera? It so they call that FPV, like first person view, and. Uh, Did everyone else hear a baby <laughs> cry? Yeah, that was. I was trying to find a video of an air hog, which is exactly the cheap shit version of what Woody bought because I wanted to show because I don't know if you had this Kyle as a kid but they had stuff called air hogs and you like pumped them up with air and launched them into the sky like planes and they had shitty little cheap flimsy foam no, wings my parents yeah. would get me the model rocket sets the legit ones that had the electric starters and we did like like, I certainly never had a really good one or anything but you know I had a series of cheap ones and medium ones that we did I don't know yeah, so I, I don't know. I wanted one. I've been looking at different ones for a while. They make a paramotor one. It was really expensive. It was like over $1,000. And uh, I don't know. This is a starter plane, so I'm just goofing around with it. That's really cool. Yeah, I don't um, know if it's cool for like video content or anything, but I've been No, I think it's cool to do. I think it's going to be fun to fly that and, and to like do it. Like, like Regardless of if someone else is going to enjoy watching you do right. it, you're going to really enjoy it. That sounds fun to me, although it's a real high-risk sort of hobby right because man i've seen plenty of videos and people like to laugh at them of those guys crashing ten, fifteen thousand dollar uh, rc remote control uh -huh. jets jets these things fly i don't know 400 miles an hour or something <laughs> but they're, they seem to be made of like i guess aircraft aluminum in some places but paper mouche where it should yeah, count also would and, 
You probably saw the crashed. recent one where he just sort of turned up while going fast and it self-destructed in the air. It, it I think he was doing Reddit some sort of few... like like tricky maneuver. Like he was re- oh. he was like hot dog and showing off, doing some sort of thing where he like like j- flies straight up with a jet and like wallows in his wake or something, and he just came apart. It's a different Dude, one than not... I saw. The one I saw, he was just tearing along at Mach one, and someone apparently who knows better was like, "Yeah, I could see his aileron started to move, and he was he was turning to gain altitude at too much speed." But yeah, he was just ripping it along, started to turn up, and just blew apart. The one but, I saw where it was like, uh, if I'm thinking of the same thing, those like, I don't know how expensive they are, tens of thousands of dollars maybe, that are super nice and they go real quick. And you th- you see them in the sky when they're making the videos and you're like, oh, that's probably about the size of what you just held up, Woody. And then yeah. you see it come in and land and like your perception is readjusted and you're like, oh no, that's like, <laughs> you could sit a person on both of those wings, like not and still fly it, but that's how big that is. It's so scary I saw how big those like, are crash the guy was i guess hot dogging is the term for it where he came in like to the side with the wings out like doing the sideways like blue angel thing where it gets like millimeters close to the ground and then you've seen the blue angels where they come in like they're so close and then right back up this guy did it in his little fake airplane and got a little bit ballsier than the guy who is actually sitting in there controlling it and is like i'm not gonna actually run my wing on the ground i'm gonna be okay this guy got ballsy and it hit the ground and it didn't like collapse and explode or anything it basically just looked like a slice of cheese run across a grater just immediately just one wing just just the whole thing just ground into a powder as this guy watches realizing oh fourteen thousand dollars is now strewn about other people's picnic cloths and whatever else they were doing a lot because typically those things are all homemade so what looks like a fourteen thousand dollar plane is actually like you know $800 $800 in balsa wood. That's almost worse because if you're no, yeah. I'm talking about different that planes. Can, Let me see if, if I can find one yeah. of these videos because it's because it, when they crash, it's a moment where like everybody feels bad because it's like mm-hmm. the guy just destroyed like a real plane. I, I've just been watching like at all hours and hours and hours of these like these RC channels. There's a lot of YouTube channels devoted to real controlled airplanes, and uh, yeah, they're just they're like the Home Depot foam and stuff. Like, you know the foam, that big pink sheets of foam, like four by yeah. eight sheets? And, and the whole thing is like, I don't know, $25. That's enough for a giant plane. Or, or they'll be like, yeah, this thing was like, you know, 12 sheets of foam. Yeah, and, and 12 times that, what is that, $300? Like, it doesn't add up very fast. Yeah, but like, if you're, if you're rich enough, that you can splurge fourteen grand or whatever the number I pulled out of my ass on mm-hmm. one of those planes and you crash it like you're sad because you wasted the money but you're not going home like how am I gonna explain this to the wife and kids like no college for you little Anthony like if you build it though <laughs> if you construct it and then you crash it that would be it's like watching your Lego fortress get destroyed by your younger brother but on such a bigger level because it's all your fault and you watch all your work just powderize. I'm so new to this, I could be wrong. My observation has been, though, that they all expect them to get destroyed. Like, no one thinks they built a lifetime model airplane. They I'm wondering if we're all talking about the same side. That makes sense. Although you did mention, like, the ones I'm talking about, and I guess we all are, but they're like eight-foot wingspans, right, you know, 10-foot right. wingspans and stuff. And like, have, or, I like the jets. I, th- I find mm-hmm. those really cool, the ones that look like fighters um, and the ones that fly really, like, uh, aggressively. I saw one that was made to look like a 747 or something like that, maybe um, maybe a Virgin. Mm-hmm. And while that was really impressive to look at, like, I mean, it's kind of boring I, to watch fly. I like the big, expensive-looking ones, too, to look at. I'm told to fly. Slow ones are a lot of fun. 
I'm sure it's neat to have variety, but like, you know, like if, yeah. if you're in a park wanting to fly something, having one that can kind of go near you and do all sorts of acrobatics is a good time. Whereas one that just That's rips it. around at 250 miles an hour is... Could you weaponize one? If you, <laughs> if you took, yeah. like, like, like if you took one of those big ones, how much of a payload, if you will, could you put in the nose cone of that, uh, that, that jet? I've only seen really silly payloads. Like I, I saw one guy drop probably five small stuffed animals. They were sponsored by oh. Host Gator, right? So they just well, those weigh like nothing. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's, that's like I, I've six seen I've seen people uh, like stack model airplanes so they take another one up that that doesn't have a motor and let it glide around. But that yeah. also probably weighs like a pound. Man, tops. just imagine if if we put high explosives on the nose cone of one of those things and had you like fly it into a wall. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably bad for some reason. No, I don't know what law cool. that is, but it seems like I there'd mean, we be would, one. Look, look, we would <laughs> ask a lawyer. Hey, how do we? Because all right, think about it this way: there are companies out there who make missiles for the government, right? And uh -huh. so they have to apply for a license so that they can make some fucking missiles. And, and they, that license would cover uh, R&D and, and that sort of a thing. So let's find out what license is required. And if it's 600 bucks and an interview with a government agent, man, it'd be cool to put some C4 on the front yeah, of that plane. Just no, there's no wall. fucking way. Like when I, they give those like certifications out, I bet it's like, and uh, so Halliburton, why should we give you this certification? Well, we're worth $100 billion <laughs> as a company. And we uh, have Boeing as a great friend of ours, another another ally. You know, we can work together and we know how to do it. They're not going to go, hey, well Kyle, why should we yeah. give you this? Well, I've got about $60 of foam and a lot of C4. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. It's got a propeller on it. We can bring it back. So that's not just a World War II thing. Propellers are back. They're in vogue. You know? Like that. Uh, so anyway, I'm, yeah, I'm sort of psyched about cool. that. Dude, I, was, uh, I wasn't watching the Blues because I don't really have current TV. But they've won, I think, five out of their last six games. Yeah, five out of their last six, I believe. Yeah, so that's they're, they're quite doing the pretty hot well streak. Do pretty well. I doubt there's another team in the league doing better right now. Uh, the Kings have won their last five, which is good. But the Blues are one of the hottest teams right now, which is trending up. And all of it's because they started fucking scoring. Oh, um, you know, I was going to suggest that. This is they had, they're <laughs> an, on an eight-game streak of scoring at least three goals a game, mm. which compared to their first what? Yeah, not twelve games of the season. It was just not. They went, not good. They went through a rough patch where yeah. like, they weren't scoring, and the other team was, and, and they were giving up like five or six goals. Like that was two or three games. Yeah. So how much more interesting are the playoffs than the regular season for you? Much. Because for me, the like regular season baseball stuff is such a fucking drag that you've got to really look deep for a pitching matchup or uh, or something like that to find some interest to yeah. even like sit down and watch a it's game. It's weird. It's uh, uh, baseball level has of passion. Both too many games, that's one of the issues I have with baseball. There's so many games that no game matters very much. And two, and I tell me if I'm wrong on this, it seems like not enough teams make the playoffs. How many teams make the playoffs in baseball? Is it eight? Same as hockey, but, but plus Is the, that right? Uh, yes, yeah, same as hockey and plus a, uh, a, what do you call it, wild card from well, each maybe division. Maybe I'm wrong. Which so, you guys I, get too. 
I thought it was yeah, like... Yeah, I don't, I don't know enough about baseball playoffs. I to, think maybe it no. is. I don't know how many games um, is the first series. So, so you know, the... Um, 16 it, They're all games of seven in the NHL. See, oh, we'll see. Okay, yeah. so that that is a difference. Um, but our first round uh, in base hour, like I'm, like I'm fucking... <laughs> I'm fucking the, the commissioner of fucking baseball over here because I just happen to be the one who prefers to watch eight baseball games a year. <laughs> like, I'm the resident uh, baseball MLB... Uh, expert, really, what are your qualifications? I watched three games of the last year. The Braves really suck. Well, the other guy only watches hockey, and the other guy, other guy only watches fighting, and so Everyone I am the baseball expert. You know, no, but uh, for as far as how exciting it is, and I know Woody being the more into hockey, but will keep me tempered to reality because, of mm-hmm. course, I'm always going to talk hockey up. Um, I can. Like you were talking about with baseball, I can watch a regular season game. Like tonight, I'll probably have on or watch part of the Bruins-Flyers game just because I want to watch the players that I like on those teams. Like I like David Backus. He was our captain. I've been following him. I like the Flyers, uh, Giroux and Simmons. So I'm going to watch. How do you connect with a player? That, see, see, here's one of the things. That, there are only here's one 10 baseball teams like. that make the playoffs. I knew I was right on this. There are only 10 okay. teams that make it, five per side. Unless There's the, a, yeah, no, that's right. I thought that I thought the hockey was the same. No, in no, hockey six, there's 16 teams that make it. Oh, well that's far too many. 16 for uh, I hear I like it, it. just in baseball it feels like two thirds of the team is out by mid season, like two thirds of the league. Like it, ah, you talk about how regular season doesn't matter. That's what I was tying it into. One, yeah. there's sure. well, how many sure. games that's, are there? A hundred eighty something. Like 182. Oh 182 games. <laughs> if, if that's right, that is so many games. And uh, that seems high. I think it's 160 something. Is it? Because it's like twice as many. Because NHL and NBA are both 82 game seasons, and I think it's right around 162. twice. 162. 162. Oh, okay. So most twice NBA and yeah, NHL. Yeah, so 162 games, and only 10 teams make the playoffs, five per side. So there'll be a lot of teams by midseason. You just know, like, it, like it. it Although, although it has provided uh, historically for some teams to mount incredible comebacks, because you in at the uh, at the All Star break you have a round of trading, mm-hmm. and so sometimes company uh, teams will pick up some 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 big players and they'll make runs. That's one thing that does happen. Yeah. Uh, but you're it's right. A, sometimes it's the, same that it is sometimes in the Royals are just uh, you know at the bottom of the league and they're going to stay there and it's not going to change. But in hockey, you can be at like you know two thirds down. And with, I don't know, 15 games left in the season, it's like, it could happen. You know, yeah, you like, can claw your way back. Yeah, That's you happened can... to the Bruins the past two years. Both years and, like, you know, 12 games less in the season. It's like, all right, Bruins are going to make it, you know, mm-hmm. as the last wild card spot because, you know, Philly or whoever else is way too far behind. And then the last 15 games, the last two years, the Bruins go on horrible, record-breaking slides and then it both times came down to the last game of the season. Last year, I think it was against Philly, it might have been, where it was, you know, all right, Bruins, again, if you lose this, you miss the playoffs <laughs> again. Like, it's happened. If you lose this, we miss the playoffs. And they've missed, and they've lost both of them. Mm. Both of those games. So, poor Boston. Not really poor Boston. They won a cup in 2011. Fuck you. But, uh, yeah, I, I like hockey all season, but NHL playoffs are so exciting. Because, like, what he was saying, like, the critique of too many teams make it is understandable. I do, I do kind of get that, but date. I also prefer more playoffs. Like if you get less teams making the playoffs, you don't get as many seven game series. You don't get as many, as much playoff hockey. So, and and the difference in playoff hockey to regular hockey is crazy. Like every single year, 
it comes out like, oh, yeah, you know, I was going to use Sidney Crosby as an example, but I realized that wasn't a good one for you. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, Claude Giroux, he played the whole last 10 games of the, the playoffs with a, a shattered left hand. Oh, yeah, and then no way Sidney would do that. Yeah. <laughs> What? Oh yeah, Sydney wouldn't do that. Uh, well, Giroux wouldn't either because he's too much of a playmaker. We'll pick a uh, Shane Gostisbehere. He's a defenseman for him. He played it with a fractured couple of fingers, and like that. I just I like that. I like how intense it is. How that much it like, clearly matters. Wasn't Giroux injured like the last fifteen games of last year when he got surgery in the off season? It was shoulder. Am I making this he up? He might have been. I think that's it, true. It, might, it was either Giroux or Voracek. Ah, people Jacob must be Voracek. done with hockey talk. But, but Dear it, God. Oh, I, either Giroux or Voracek. <laughs> I'm not sure which, but it matters greatly. <laughs> All right. But I don't know why you're imposing a British accents and making fun of us talking about hockey. You know how much they love this sport across the pond. Anyway, oh, they're all about all. kicking balls and, and not brushing their teeth. You know? <laughs> I added wow. uh, I added FS1 to my uh, um, my like whatever package. What is it? The stream TV thing. Yeah. And uh, I've been watching a lot more UFC. Do they have like fights every? Does Fox have fights every Friday night? Mm -mm. No, oh. they have uh, fight nights, and I think they did do two weeks in a row. Um, oh. but it's not every Friday I was excited. Night. I was like, holy shit, this is great. Yeah. Like, like every, are you telling me every Friday night I get like an entire card of fights and it, it, it starts at like 7 PM and it's almost 1 AM by the time you get it's to the end lot, of that though. thing. Like I would guess like I'm making, I'm pulling numbers out of my hat here, but something like 35 to 40 weekends a year they'll have. Yeah, something. that's cool. Yeah. And, and they usually correspond with a UFC pay-per-view night. So I start my, I start watching it. Uh, the other night, the last UFC uh, pay-per-view, I bought the pay-per-view, but I watched uh, the prelims and the uh, the Fox fights. Mm -hmm. So I started watching it like six in the afternoon and didn't finish until one in the morning. Like we're falling asleep by the time Connor wins. If you couple that with junk food, you can feel really awful by one a.m. Yeah, yeah. It, it didn't yeah. look like it was that or much drinking. of a commitment yeah. when I started. It was like, <laughs> oh yeah, it's it, you know fourteen fights or whatever it was. I was like, okay, those will fly by. No, it took all fucking day, but <laughs> yeah. it was uh. I, I've gotten like two two weeks of uh, in a row of like a ton of UFC in, oh. and uh, and I started watching YouTube videos. Um, uh, it's just like uh, uh, compilations uh, over and over of like speci specific categories, and it was really interesting to see um, the ones that are like uh, how the UFC's business model has worked. I didn't realize that they had eaten up like every single competitor now. I don't understand what you. Oh, the, like, the they UFC bought has. all the other fighting. Yeah, they oh, all, you know, they bought all the other fighting like organizations. Like Bellator. Like, Pride. Um, Isn't Bellator the big one? It, it, like Bellator the is the one? current second big one. It used to be Pride was, and UFC bought it. And after that, I think Bellator and Strikeforce competed for second place, and UFC bought Strikeforce. But Bellator still stands alone, and they're actually owned by Viacom, so they're pretty well backed mm. if they need to be. Yeah. And um, the, the, lately, a couple big fighters, like Rory McDonald comes to mind, um, Ben Henderson comes to mind, have gone to Bellator. Chael Sonnen went there. Um, oh, well. Yeah, right? And I, well, I, well, why is that not a big deal? I well, thought he's, he's an a I might recommend, or well, I, rec I recognize. I feel like Chael is only going to get a fight because of his promotion abilities. Why? Is he not good anymore? Um, I don't think that he's good enough to be competing at any kind of a, you know, real level. Like, like he's... He's an he's an interesting fight because he he's a he's a great promoter. He goes out there and really am, runs his mouth. Am I wrong? I thought that he was like a big UFC guy, Chael Sonnen. No, there, the reason right? he got a fight against John Jones like three years ago was because he was so fucking good at promoting that fight. Like 
Nobody, like, well, you saw what happened when he fought John Jones, right? Like, John Jones beat the fuck out of him. It wasn't even a contest. It, he only got that fight because he was he promoted it so well. Chael's an interesting character. Like, so one, Kyle's right in that he promotes fights amazingly well, right? Like, it may be better than Conor McGregor, but that's just me talking. He was definitely the king of it before Conor. Exactly. Yeah. So, so he makes the fight interesting. Having said that, um, shucks, like he's lost a couple fights. But that doesn't fully express how good he, how well he was doing. Like, he had gone, fuck, like 10, 12 fights in the UFC without ever losing a round. Without ever losing a round. So he, he fought, just knocked everybody out in the first, or no. No, because sometimes he'd lose school. the fight. Like, a good example is he fought Anderson Silva, right? The greatest fighter of all time, some people say. I knock him because he did steroids, but um, so did Chael, so I guess fair fight. Anyway... Greatest fighter of all time. He beat the fuck out of Anderson Silva for four rounds. Lopsided. Took him down and just punched him in the head for four and a half rounds. And then Anderson Silva got him in a triangle choke and won the fight. Oh, I saw, about that. Today, I saw that gif. I, I mean, he <laughs> was... But that, that was... All right, so he fought John Jones in, in 2013, three years ago now. Uh, since then, he's fought twice. He won once against... I don't know who Shogun? Mauricio yeah, Rua Shogun's is. Yeah, a legend, ex-champion. Um, but then he lost to Rashad Evans, so he's only fought twice since. Yeah, so he started fighting at 205 a little bit, and just, it's not for him. He, he's not big enough to fight at 205. So he John, hasn't fought in three years. He's, oh, well, he's been just... serving his steroid suspension, so he, he just uh. got unsuspended. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he uh, he got he got busted for steroids, and it's great. You know, someone was like, "Jail, you know, you fucking steroid user, you're bad, you're a cheat, whatever." You got caught for uh, four things in your system at one time, and he tweets back, six things, still the record." <laughs> and it is. It, he, he literally has the record for getting caught with the most things in his system at one time. Um, I saw a clip of Rogan talking about, I think, Nate Diaz the other day. And he, was, he said that uh, Nate had won the fight, I think. But um, he had tested positive for so much marijuana that they said he must have been high when he was fighting. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be Nick That's Diaz, just, probably. Oh. Yeah, that was Nick after he fought for, Silva. They shouldn't even... If marijuana is illegal, they shouldn't be punishing athletes for using it. Like that, it shouldn't be like, oh, sorry, you, you lost your title, you, you tested positive for weed, because it's like it's not like that helped him in any way. It's not like Which steroids. It's not like he smoked it? weed. Sport and, and sport is it the NHL? Is uh, the, yeah, the, the NHL, NHL lets you smoke pot? Punish, uh, the NHL is the one who doesn't they, give a fuck. It, it's like a don't yeah. ask, don't tell policy in the NHL. The like, NBA is in between. The UFC lets you smoke pot out of competition. But they also test you on competition night. So you can't smoke pot in competition, but you can smoke it through all of training camp um, and, and what have you. Yeah, and that just the makes much, sense for yeah. the same reason you can't get drunk before you go out, for the, to go out to fight either. The much I, bigger drug in uh, the NHL is cocaine. Hmm. In the UFC, uh, they argue that it, it, like, it's somehow better for your brain to be high. Like you may be oh. more knockout prone. That's this is retarded. This is Rogan talking, <laughs> and I'm completely outside of my expertise here. Rogan but, said that? So is he. Yeah, yeah so is he. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> Rogan's done a lot of acid. I don't know. Rogan does. Oh, I was talking about pot. Um, so, I'm, I'm saying maybe the acid made him oh. think that the pot <laughs> would help him be a better fighter. <laughs> For a smart guy, he's got a lot of wacky theories. He's but... like, I don't know, man. When I fight high, they just beat me and beat me, and I never go unconscious. <laughs> Dude, for, like, for like yeah, being a really that makes sense. guy, 
he always seems like the way he talks about drugs. Like I like Joe Rogan with a lot of this stuff, but it's funny with everything to do with drugs. He is like that dude who is in his late twenties, early thirties, who just tried drugs or drinking for the first time, and now will not shut the fuck up about how much it opens He's your mind. Micro brewing in his garage you know, it's, now, it's, and, and it's, you know, I micro brew my own pot elixir or whatever the fuck he's doing and you know the thing is i put myself in an isolation tank because the little known thing the human body was meant to be left in severe isolation you know our senses our senses aren't even that useful you know you know fun tip dulling them and you know getting rid of stimulation that's what you need like that i I don't know about the isolation tank shit but when he says stuff like oh you just need to you know take a bunch of shrooms and just lay in an isolation tank and you'll figure shit out it's like yeah or you'll drown and then that'll be you and you'll be the guy who thought he was going to uncover the world but there's be covered in your own fucking shit and piss in an isolation tank it, it doesn't make sense I, I, did you see that john jones is going to be on a show december 1st i did yes yeah. i did see that's going to be that. a good show i can't wait for that uh, cuz cuz you know Dude, joe is going to ask him fighters. some pretty pointed questions and uh, and he's got a lot to explain right I've never watched an interview with a UFC fighter where I thought, man, that is an interesting perspective. Like, wow, what a what a comment on something not beating someone to death. Like, no, it's... Well, that's I, interesting. I'm trying to prove you wrong. No, what I don't about got much. When, uh, <laughs> I've listened it, to No, them. no, but it's the same thing. If you don't like it, but you like it because you like UFC. When I watch hockey interviews, I only like it because it's hockey and they'll talk about the sport. At no point am I like, man, Vladimir Tarasenko, what a hoot. Hilarious guy, that classic Russian humor. Like, no, it's not. It, I don't know. I just, I can't because it seems like UFC guys get on podcasts more than any other kind of athlete because they're kind of like they are their own brand. It's not the guy, the job of some dude who's a defensive right. back on the Jacksonville Jaguars to promote Jacksonville, but mm-hmm. it's Rashad Evans' job to promote Rashad Evans. It's just That's I, a good point. I, I, anytime my, my, I see a podcast I like come up with a UFC fighter, I get rid of it. The UFC don't fucking in particular, like so. Rogan made a podcast, and that went really well. And then he suggested that Brennan Schwab and Brian Callahan made a podcast. He put them together. And while I don't have any numbers, those two appear to have gotten rich on their podcast. And, now, and it's good, too, because last year, remember, still, it, you had... Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, Sorry, the, right? the thing is, the whole Rogan universe has started making their own podcast. Joey Diaz made a podcast. Uh, Luke whatever made a podcast. Like, everyone who exists in Joe Rogan's circle. I saw Joe Rogan interviewing... Who's the guy that made Dilbert? Um, Scott Adams. Scott Adams, yeah. So he had him on his podcast, and he's like, man, you're doing really well. You need to be making a podcast. Joe is, like, planting these podcast seeds everywhere, and it's part of the reason that it's that there's so much UFC podcasting going on. You were saying, Kyle? Um, I was saying about when uh, Joe was having to, like, tell to, I think it's, is it Brendan Schwab? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Having to, having to be like, look, just so you know, you don't have what it takes to compete at that top level we're talking about. You don't have the tools. You don't have the talent. And uh, you're never going to have it. And if you keep going the way you're going, what you're going to have is brain damage. <laughs> and Brandon's like, like, well, I don't like hearing that. Yeah, I think you'd be <laughs> surprised. Like, yeah. The, yeah. It, that launched Brandon's podcast. That got so much attention. And it was amazingly done. Like, it, man, I... The, the, telling a fighter that he should probably retire, that, that this isn't going to go anywhere for him, it, it was such a powerful moment. And you, you could see Brendan practically wanted to cry. I'm, I'm, you know, inferring here, but it seemed like he wanted to cry. Yeah. And uh, it, it was because he saw himself making a title run. And then it, he had a loss or two. And uh, then he's like, well, maybe at 205 I could make a title run. And 
Joe's just like, it, he kept describing his weaknesses almost as things you can't deal with. You know, like, no, man, you just don't move like they move. Like you're just too slow. Yeah. There's a certain you don't have it. stiffness to you. There's a certain, like, athleticism that those guys have that you don't. Yeah. And you're like, what? Do I fucking, like, stand on yoga balls or something? Like, I don't know how I can ever address no, the shortcomings. No, I don't know how to put it. It's just that you are, you are objectively worse than them. They yeah. are, look at them. That, that person's better than you will ever hope to be. Yeah. Like, is, is kind of what he did. I want to watch this clip now. Dude, if it was, oh. Wait, did the guy get upset, or was he kind of like, okay, I see where you're coming from? Uh, he didn't get mad. He got um, defeated, deflated, crushed a little bit. Like, and he's not crying or anything, but, you know, he'd be like, how do you think you do wrestling against Kane? And he's like, uh... I think you'd be surprised. And Rogan's like, no, I think you'd be surprised, which became a meme on Reddit for like, still is. <laughs> like, I think you'd be surprised. <laughs> you know? and, and, uh, but it was, it was a really powerful moment. Uh, you'd have to find out. It looks like Kyle might be searching for one. You'd need an edited one because it probably would took place over like 20 minutes. And uh, uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, sure it's if, too, too long if it's your too. Rogan's podcast, it's way too long. I can find it. I'm, what's his name? Brendan Schwab? Yes. Yeah. Schwab? Yeah, I oh, wanted to talk yeah, don't about go by the. Me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, don't go by funny. <laughs> it's, it's probably too long for this, but I wanted to talk about um, Trump's flag burning oh, thing. Oh yeah, yeah. And I think I think bef I think to almost to even discuss whether we like flag burning or not is, is silly because what we should really be looking at is why did Trump tweet about flag burning? Hmm. The only the, thing I can think of. What the hell? Dude, I've Who noticed. was burning flags? Like, I haven't seen any flags getting burnt. It certainly wasn't the thing of the day. What's going on is he's picking people. He's picking Secretary of State. He's mealing over people like Mitt Romney, who is who, who the alt-right really hates. Um, you've got all kinds of things going on. There's, it came out that he's not going to his security briefings. Uh, of course, he lost his settlement. And now we're talking about burning flags. Like, like, like so you, I think we're really getting distracted by by just squid ink right now. So let me ask you this. It, it, I feel like there's two ways to look at this. You can either say Trump is impulsive. Maybe he saw some Black Lives Matter or anti-Trump protests around the nation popping up with their burning flags. And, uh, and said, so that's disgusting. Let's uh, stop this. That's one thing where it was kind of a knee-jerk, thin-skinned reaction, which is a yeah, possible Trump thing. Possible. The other one is... He's playing 4D underwater basket chess or whatever the fuck they like to say on the Donald. And they're like, ah, all he needs to do is, you know, throw out a decoy out there. And now suddenly no one's talking about Romney as secretary Dude, of state. Dude, I, I think that you're right on with the second thing. But I don't think that it's this 4D. Like so many people like they put the, the motive on of, oh, he's not doing it because he, like, I, what I think is he did it because he wants to drive attention away from what he's doing with his cabinet, and he wants people paying attention to this red herring, like Kyle said, squid ink, instead of paying attention to what he's doing with all of his selections. But it's, the, the, tweeting out something dumb like that, trying to get attention or drive attention away, is not the same there, thing as playing 4D. There advanced. is some evidence that it is, <laughs> here is the evidence for 4D chess, okay? Here's the evidence for that. Very quickly, of course, lots of people have a knee-jerk reaction. Oh my God! You can, you know, for burning the flags, protecting them with the First Amendment. It's, it's, it's It's, it's unconscionable that anybody, anyone would even suggest this. What kind of inhuman monster who has no regard for the Constitution and the the Republic on which it's founded would would even say this? 
and you're like, well, Hillary Clinton did in 2005, and it was one vote away from getting passed through through both houses of Congress. It made it through uh, the House of Representatives. It was one vote away from getting passed in the Senate. Three Republicans voted against it, Mitch McConnell and two others. That's why it's, it didn't get passed. Like, it, it's but not I also, like... I don't think he tried to draw attention to that because I feel like Hillary is a slain foe. Like, if anything, he's. I, I really do think that he doesn't like the attention that a lot of his picks are getting, even from people that were all gung-ho Trump. And so he did this red herring bullshit to try and throw because he it, like to pretend is he? he doesn't because like, i think like, that like, might be 4d chess real, too real, real quick there is a middle ground between impulsive and 4d chess now trump doesn't have to be a genius to see throughout the entire election that he has the power because of how much attention the media gives him that he can send a tweet out there and the entire uh narrative the entire 24-hour news cycle changes what they're talking about it, and it, so it, he doesn't have to be a genius to know that sending this will put people off his right. case for the wrong thing if, if if trump has a brilliance it's controlling the news cycle like that's the thing that he does that other people can't do and so that's a possibility i don't know there's also a lot of evidence and and kind of like uh, history that proves he just just imp does just just he does just impulsively tweet uh, he did it to yes. his own demise oftentimes in the election cycle. He would say things. When he told people to go check out that woman's sex tape, that hurt him, right? That, that, sure. that, that wasn't 4D chess that worked out in his no, favor. He no, but I don't think the two that. are mutually ex exclusive. I think both are true. You know, he does impulsively like, fire off sometimes, but sometimes he's playing a much bigger game. I think, I think he sent Kellyanne Conway out to like poo-poo his Mitt Romney talks. I think he sent her out there to say that. I don't think she goes rogue and goes and does that when she's on the cusp of getting the White House press secretary position. There's no way she would do that. I think Trump was like, hey, I, this this sounds like the same kind of game as when he released that tape of him being his own like um, like publicist or whatever <laughs> between him and that woman. It's that kind of like that. And that is 40 chess. There's no other way to look at it. Right. Like he released that just to get the publicity, just to make it a story. I mean, no, he, like what he said, he does a great job manipulating the media in a lot of ways. I just don't see, because a lot of people do the revisionist thing where they'll go back and be like, ah, see, this was all being built up from three weeks ago, before, you know, right after the election that he, he set the stage where, no, not really. Like he, he's a guy who understands the media. He brought up a point that he knew would be divisive because he wanted to throw attention away from what he was doing. Like the whole, and the whole uh, burning flags thing, it isn't even a long conversation. Hey, do you like burning flags? No, most people really don't like it, but you don't have the freedom of speech to protect popular opinions. Popular opinions don't need protection. You need freedom of speech for shitty things that people will do. Even if it, even if you think it's genuinely shitty and that they're a bad person for it, that's why you have it. Those people need protecting in that kind of speech. So yep, yep, I, I yeah. agree entirely. I think um, Trump does say things that to his own demise. I don't like the way he's complaining about the recounts. Or, no, he um, apparently Alex Jones is his source for saying there were three million bad votes or something. If people don't know who Alex Jones is, he's a very silly conspiracy theorist. He leans to the right. He literally believes in things like aliens and reptile people and stuff. Like I was just he thinks a little fluoride bit of will show. make you gay. He thinks I, I, what I, will make you gay? Fluoride in water. Yeah. Okay, so um, he's, just he's like his source for three million bad votes. They just quoted again. There was a study over the. I'm sorry, Kyle. I know you're trying to get in. The study over the course of like ten years, they found 31 bad votes. Uh, the study cost millions of dollars. Like it was a big thing. I could hunt it down. But uh, bad voting isn't really a problem because we use paper systems, and you have to drive from place to place. And you know, like it'd be it, it a lot of places work. we don't use paper systems. 
And you look, the reason and the they were able that, to recount Michigan so fast is because they're all paper, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I saw this thing that said Hillary did particularly poorly in places that had electronic voting. And I'm like, I'm just going to forget. I don't know. It's, I can't say there's no voting manipulation on one hand and then be like, well, when Hillary does poorly in a e-voting county, now it's fake. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I just, I mean, Hillary performed poorly in a lot of different categories and, and demographics, and that's just one more of them. There you go. Yeah. And I, and while I think Trump's claims of like these 3 million illegal voters are absurd, his talk of his campaign style affecting the way the vote came out is absolutely on point because if he had spent more time and money in California, oh, yeah. New York, yeah. and places like that, as we've said before, his popular vote count would have been much higher. He was not pressing the flesh in Sacramento, Los Angeles, or you know, um, New York, New York on Fifth Avenue. He wasn't yeah. doing that. They he both was... would have campaigned differently, and we don't know how that game would have gone. Yeah, Absolutely. it's all speculation. It's saying, oh, well, you know what, Hillary yeah, yeah, won. If, if you Hillary change, all, if you change well. the end game and the rules and the structure by which the game is played, then Hillary actually won. Yeah, you know, it's like that. That's that's silly. That's that's not how we do it. Like, so what? Right, Cleveland. Yeah, so we may play have won. With, we, deuces are wild when I play at home. So. <laughs> Cleveland yeah. may have won the NBA championship last year, but if those two teams had played baseball, huh? If Golden you State's actually read, better. Yeah. <laughs> if we had allowed Bernie Sanders to redistribute all of the points scored by the Cavaliers <laughs> across the season and put into the playoffs, they would have absolutely won. No question. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, yeah. It's can't. just these rich white owners make them spend their points throughout the entire season <laughs> trying to make the playoffs so they can profit off the backs of these poor African-American men. The white <laughs> players do not know what it's like to be poor. <laughs> he said that. He said white people don't know, how, that. Don't know what it's like that. to be poor. That's yeah, not true. Setting. Well, it's, it it's, might be it's true that he true. said it. It's not true what he said. Yeah. Yeah. At, yeah. 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 Uh, man, I... Uh, I'm, uh... Yeah. I'm, I, 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 every now the and then, I walk past yeah. Kitty's office, and I just peek in and go... Donald Trump is the president of the United States. <laughs> and then I just walk away laughing hysterically. And she's like, fuck off, fuck off, you fucker. Like, Dude, I, I, it's, it's so absurd, <laughs> isn't it? It's, it's not it, a I, good way to measure the president. But I do measure them by what the economy did during their terms. And, uh, of course, they only have a mild influence on that. And sometimes things that happened before them impact their years, etc. But... Um, I, I, I look at the run-up we have now, and I'm like, fuck. Like, if I'm Trump, I want the stock market to cut in half before I take office. Not run up. You yeah. Know, what it does during his term, like, ah, he's, it, it's like dieting before yeah, you start counting how many like, pounds you lose. You know? Ah, you yeah. know, dude. Fucking have a and cookie. Like, <laughs> of course, the media, like, everybody's happy to say, like, all these things have changed since he was elected. Everybody's hate crimes and awful shit. You know, he gets all the, the blame for that, but then, you know, the stock market goes up. It's like, well, it's just a natural fluctuation. You know, probably there was Obama. A, you know? I saw the big hate crime map today, and, uh, and, and they were having to, like, every step of the way, they had to be like, now, keep in mind, we can't verify these. And so, because many of them are based on anecdotal evidence, which means, like, tweets, but they've got this map of the whole fucking yeah. uh, contiguous United States and Alaska's over there in the wrong place, all tiny. And yeah. it's got, like, numbers all over them of the hate crimes that have been committed since Trump was elected. And then at the end, she just kind of throws in as an afterthought, oh, well, several of those hate crimes were against Trump supporters. Just bear that in mind. And then they just cut away, and it's like, wait a minute, you said there were 900 hate crimes since Trump was elected. 
but not you didn't know which ones you could actually count as real. And then as an afterthought, you mentioned that quite a few of them were against the Trump supporters. It it, it really almost starts to give credence to yeah. like the guys on the Donald who are like, if it, this is what fake news is. When of course the the real the real fake news of is of course the loony stuff that's like crazy propaganda. But man, after seeing that segment on CBS, I was like, God, they don't want to tell the truth, do they? No, dude. The whole the whole labeling of things as a hate crime instead of just having it be violent crime is just a way that you can turn stuff into propaganda. The hate crime, fake news, all of these things are just ways that you can control the narrative and have 100% certainty of what's going to be said. Oh, don't, you know, it's just like when CNN was saying during the election, you know, you can't, uh, you're not allowed to read these emails. We're going to be your source on all the Podesta emails. You know, we, we can't report on this, that, and the other thing. It's, it's like, no, that's, that's, it's illegal. Yeah, you can't do it. Like, that's, that's fake news. That's bullshit. But Pepe all the Frog is a, who, a traitor. Yeah, it, it's, it's almost like on a, sight. it's like a first <laughs> to the flag fallacy i think it's called first to the flag or first to the poll or something where it's first like past if you're the, the post is that what you're talking first about past the post something like that where the first should have convinced cnn that it. pepe was a person like he was an actual entity and he was out there somewhere it's the uh it's exactly what happened yesterday with uh, the stabbing is like tim kane a bunch of people in the media tweeted out you know a, sh a shooting was trending and people were tweeting like you know a tragic shooting tragic shooting tragic shooting about it and those are all big name people a lot of them didn't remove their tweets when it came out that it was a guy in a car and a knife but they were first to the post because they wanted to get the the conversation not started on a very dangerous ideology that can cause a lot of people suffering and pain but uh when in, in its extremist form they wanted to move it to guns because that's the comfortable realm they're in and now that it came out that it's a vehicle and a knife and everything it's going to fall by the wayside quickly i Obama have a tweet here about it. His tweet like, was deeply saddened by the senseless act of gun violence at Ohio State this morning. It's the Ohio State. Uh, praying for the uh, injured and the entire Buckeye community. It was a guy with a car and a knife. Yeah. I, I love dude, It's like a liberal's. That's fake like, news. <laughs> it's a liberal's worst nightmare. Oh, by the way, first past the post is a voting thing. I didn't know you were headed when I said that. But um, oh, okay. uh, the guy was a Muslim. So, you know. You'd really want to defend him if you're on the left. He didn't use a gun. Fucking mind blown. Um, I'm trying to think. There was a, I, I saw some other story. There were like four things that just completely destroyed he liberals. Wrote, he wrote uh, an article. Uh, it was a, a Facebook post. Or no, it was a Facebook post that he wrote, and I guess it got picked up by like the Ohio State Tribune or whatever the hell it was. And it was him saying just not long ago about like you know i feel so threatened in a lot of areas like you know just going around to pray and i just want to be able to pray my five times a day or whatever it is and i feel like people think i'm weird because of the way the media is portraying muslims and they feel threatened by me and of course throughout the entire thing he never actually mentions a time nothing when, ever happens when someone when someone yeah because nothing ever does happen i went to mizzou i saw people i saw muslims praying you know what people did they, they kept fucking walking because nobody cares nobody gives a shit Oh, keep walking. Like, as long as you're not doing it in the way of somebody where you're blocking up a doorway, nobody cares. Right. I nobody cares when you see the Orthodox the Jews. The yeah. When yeah. you see the Orthodox Jews praying, nobody cares. It doesn't matter. So this whole fallacy of, like, people walking around going, oh, what are them Muslims doing at my university? Like, no, that's not <laughs> happening. It's not, it's not fucking happening. And it's just made up horseshit. And then that same guy who writes it ends up going on a stabbing spree. And no, then the writing guy... another thing on Facebook saying that every, you know, like, it, the the thing you wrote on Facebook right before the attack was really fucked up about saying like you know I would kill a billion people to further the hang cause. On, hang so on, I didn't, they, uh, I, try, I, I didn't see the, the the thing that Taylor's talking about. I did see the thing from eighteen months ago though. And uh, did you get the impression he was saying in that 
that he was being ostracized or I think he just felt awkward doing something in public. I felt a lot like like I'm reading it and I'm like, yeah, that's how I feel when I vlog in front of people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you wouldn't write an article framing yourself as a huge victim and that people were were all, were like almost out to get you that the that the the media was causing people to be fearful of you. Like I just I've just I don't know. I'm not Muslim, so I don't have as good a perspective, but I do I wonder know that I've never seen any I've seen Muslims praying in public, and I've never seen anything happen. Obviously, that's anecdotal and a terrible form of, of proof for anything. But I just, it's just, an, this entire thing was a perfect storm of what um, uber, uber leftists, not sane liberals, uber leftists want to defend. And they just can't. And it blows their mind. Like, they don't. Yeah, that's the, what I was trying I to get. And I don't want to yeah. get stuck on it anymore. It's, it's, it's an upsetting story because, no, nobody died, right? Nobody Only died. Just him. guy died. Yeah, so the right. uh, the uh, a, a a security guard like got there in under a minute and shot the guy dead. Um, but uh, he he I don't know how many people he hit with the car and cut and what the you know how many were hit and cut and how many were just cut and or what that was about. But I found it interesting that he's got a butcher's knife in a car. Right, this doesn't seem premeditated unless he's a fucking retard. Like 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 if it took him more than five minutes to come up with that plan, I'd be shocked. That sounds about as premeditated as that guy who was just going to grab a cop's gun to kill Trump. Like, I just, that shit I doesn't work. Like, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm once again blown away that it took a good guy with a gun to stop a bad guy causing mayhem. Can you believe that? <laughs> again? Man, it's crazy. I know Woody's surprised. Uh, I that, am. Uh, that it, <laughs> I, I took a guy with a gun to stop the maniac with the knife running around stabbing people and trying to run people over. Back. Did that surprise you at all? Did you think that it might be a shuriken or maybe a blow dart? <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to my wife about it. So back when the story yeah. first broke, like Taylor was saying, they were saying that it was a shooting, right? That was the initial, like, they, they thought the guy was a shooting, trying to be a knife guy in the car. And I'm like, you know, like, it, it colors my whole opinion on gun rules because they really just impact people who follow rules. You know, they, they, we're already talking about dealing with guys who don't follow rules. They shoot other people. And the fact that so many shootings, now this didn't turn out to be a shooting, happen on college campuses, movie theaters, things that require a ticket, shopping malls, places where you generally can't have guns. You see a lot of shootings. Now, I don't know that that's because they go there thinking that there'll be no concealed carry holders to like shoot them back. I think it's because they go there searching for populations and places where yeah, there's cool. populations tend to be gun, you know, like no how gun zones. pedophiles <laughs> magically get drawn to fields where they get a lot of alone time with children. You know, lot most priests are good people. I'm sure a lot of them. There are a lot of pedophiles among priests and a lot of pedophiles among uh, men who work with very young kids. I'm sure like they they do that because they want to be in that position where they can get away with something where they know there's not going to be a lot of pushback like that's like of I, course people who are going to do shitty things are going to do it in the best possible scenario to do that shitty thing i've often wondered if the priest thing goes the opposite direction it, it, it's not so much that pedos are drawn to the priesthood it's that the priesthood creates pedos by denying adults no. healthy sexual relationships. No, I think it's long right. been like a place for them to go to practice their wares in safety. Those guys absolutely fuck. For, like for hundreds of years. You think most priests fuck? I think most priests have sex. Yeah. yeah. I, I know uh -huh. priests because St. Louis is a huge, huge Catholic area. Almost mm -hmm. all my friends are Catholic. And they, and I know priests. And priests are the ones apparently at every Catholic party. If you... 
I, if you're a Baptist listening to this, you know, close your ears so you don't find out how fun Catholicism is. But everybody <laughs> just gets hammered, and the priests are usually get pretty drunk. Yes. On on that uh, that Catholic wine, but yeah, I, I don't think but at all. That mo- most of them, no, most of them are doing what they think is right. Like they they think that Catholicism is correct and that they're doing the right Ain't thing. Ain't nothing like, wrong with it. Yeah, like most <laughs> imams in like I'm sure that like imams in the Muslim religion, like they probably have pedophile scandals there where you know it's because they wanted to get close and they to blame the kid for being parties. all sexy blame the kid for being sexy <laughs> sexy i can't talk today um yeah so bring I, the children bring them i've often i dude I've, <laughs> the thing i don't like about the, the catholic church is they take these guys they make them leaders they have them all for like marriage advice and counseling and there's nobody less qualified yeah you know, nobody no that's true but the a guy who's never seen a silly. pussy before in his life Who's never made a woman orgasm or had to deal with like uh, you know a, a woman dur- during her period like it, it, cohabitating with him? He's got no fucking clue. <laughs> no, he doesn't they no, know. They, they, like, like the only good advice they can, and even like the way you confess in Catholic. Have you guys ever confessed? No, you're not of Catholic. Not. So you never, no, no, no. Like the way that it's done, of like giving you homework to get rid of all your sins, is just ridiculous. Did you do? Where it? you'll explain something. No, I have lots of, like, I had friends explain it to me, but we were Presbyterian or Protestant or whatever, so I didn't go do okay. confession. But you you would, they'd ask something, and they'd say, oh, what'd you do? And he'd be like, oh, I cheated on my math test, or whatever my friend was telling me. And he'd say, all right, you need to go home and do, you know, 70 Hail Marys. And that's, 70 Hail Marys is sitting there while you're praying, I guess. I, I'm, I'm sure that God cares that you're doing it in the right way. Like, you can't be saying your Hail Marys, you're walking through the grocery store. But he wants you to sit there for 70 times and recite, you know, Hail, Ma- uh, Hail Mary full of grace, uh, you know, and the whole fucking thing. Like, it, it's ridiculous. It in, is. The one we went to, all you had to do was say you're sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, God. Oops. Yeah. And I you didn't need an up. intermediary. <laughs> I don't like the whole idea of the intermediary. Like, there's a, there's a fucking toll guy they're like like at the bridge between me and God, going like, like you just stand Although, there like, you want to talk to God? Dude, that is you so gotta true. talk to me. If I'm that a priest, God's bouncer. That's my favorite part of the job. Like yeah, fucking speaking that sucks, and running a small business that is a church that sucks. Fundraisers, this that, listening to people's bitching. I, but the part where I'm in there and you tell me all about like your gossip, that's like that's the coolest. Like no wonder they set it up that way. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, dude, tell me all about it. What'd you do? Yeah, that's uh, what he would be sitting in there trying to like get details. Where, <laughs> you know, the woman would be there like, and then Susan. She just, she knocked my, my casserole dish on the floor and she said, fuck you, Mary. And I didn't know why she was so upset. And you'd be like, well, <laughs> well, I mean, what, uh, I'm sure that Susan didn't just do that out of nowhere, ma'am. I'm sure that you did something to, well, what happened before, like, like digging? Uh, yeah, 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 right? Or, you know, like, yeah, I cheated on my wife. I fucked Mrs. Stepford or whatever. Oh, C-Cup or Miracle Bra? I can't tell. <laughs> I can't ever tell because I'm a priest. So. She looks like she could suck a dick. Let me know. Be honest. Be honest. You know, just, uh, that, that's I it. just imagine the priest like, <laughs> like, like like having some sort of marital like bedroom discussion and coming off like Steve Carell and the 40-year-old virgin. <laughs> like, like just, just completely uninformed, just trying to bullshit his way through the conversation. It, it doesn't make sense to me. And, and as a Protestant, or at least as someone who's raised Protestant, the whole idea, like I said, of this this like gatekeeper between you and God who needs uh, who needs to hear all your secrets, and then he's going to dole out the punishment, just seems absurd to me. Um, I, 
It really is. When you put it like that, that's a really poignant point about religion. Like, that's why Christianity was so wildly, you know, on fire and adopted off the start and why it's still the by far largest religion in the world is that for years it was, hey, you people, you fucking serfs, you don't have to know how to read. You come tell us all the shit that you did in your dirt hovel with your ugly wife and your little nasty children, and then we'll forgive you for it, maybe. And then they came along, Martin Luther, or whoever the fuck did it, and came along with like, uh, hey, you don't need all these assholes telling you what you what you can and can't say to God. And, you know, you can just talk to God anytime. God's all around you. He's everywhere. You don't need to go to church to talk to God. You can talk to God right now. And still, in our head in 2016, we're like, that's funny, because it's like a step in a, the right direction to a false conclusion. But for them, it was more like, like, this is incredible. Like, my life is, like, opened up a bit. I'm not beholden to this church where I have to pay a bunch of money or they uh, tell me that my loved ones will remain in purgatory. That was a thing they did. That's such fucking bullshit. Um, they got rid of purgatory, I'm pretty sure. Um, I think it's still gone. I don't think that Catholics believe in purgatory. Anymore. I think they I think they believe in purgatory. I, I, I'm basing this on watching The Sopranos a whole lot. Paulie explained <laughs> it once to Christopher. Um, he had calculated up his mortal sins and his whatever the other kind of sins and you multiply them by a certain number add it all together and you get how many years you have to spend in purgatory he was like i'm working on a couple hundred years myself no big deal you know <laughs> if you view uh, well, christianity through the lens that i do which is normal people creating a big scam and making themselves the beneficiary of it then a lot of it like starts to make sense like yeah of course you want to be the center of the knowledge and your knowledge is power and yeah yeah tell me all your blackmailable secrets right step control give that narrative. to me yeah. we need a tithe right 10 percent of everything you earn comes to me for what reason ah fucking what's the matter you don't have faith and we need more faith out of you. And and then like some competing organization coming up and be like, you know, we're more uh, business friendly. You know, it's just, I'm putting it in like state terms. They're you're like, yeah, you know, you don't have to tell all your secrets to me. That part we'll let you slide on. And, uh, you know, so let's switch over to this one. Now there's competitive churching going on. It, it, through that lens, all of it makes sense to me. It could all be wrong too. But they're just regular people fucking you. Yeah, I think religion like can be good for certain people. Like, I don't think that it makes bad people into good people, but I think it can provide structure for people's lives and, like, make people be a better, more productive member of society. I mean, that's kind of the reason that religion took off in the first place, I'm sure, back in, like, olden days of tribes and shit, like a means of control of, hey, you can't be fucking Oonga Boonga's wife over there or you're going to be in real trouble. You know, the sky god's going to kill you. Like, oh, I better not do that then. I better just go hunt the mammoth and provide for my family. Well, I think like, the problem was that you had there was there was stuff that you couldn't bash a guy's head in for every time he fucking did it. And so guys were just running around doing that stuff all the time. And you didn't know what to do anymore. How could you have law and order without some um, morals? And so they had to come up with a way to enforce this uh, the, all these morals. Re, uh, there's got to be a reason not to not to covet your neighbor's uh, property and want to fuck his they wife. They could have just done uh, the Code of Hammurabi, like one of the first written down laws where it was like very harsh and you know you're it like literally like your eye for an eye. Your your neighbor pokes your eye out with a a pitchfork on accident. Well, he better strap himself in. I like the contractor's law. There out. was oh I wish I could oh, remember yeah. the whole if, contractor's uh, the, law. Yes, if the building falls on a family and kills them, then the contractor who built the house is to be put to death. 
because apparently there is a big problem in ancient Sumeria with very shoddy shady work. Contractors is the second oldest profession after prostitutes, and they're both <laughs> shady as shit. And <laughs> like you didn't put nearly enough mud in that thatch roof, Caleb. Yeah. You will you didn't be put even, to death now. You didn't earthquake proof your mud abode. <laughs> <laughs> is Hammer what's when you said that who's the gorilla? Ah, uh, that's uh, Harambe. Harambe. Ah, I really thought we were discussing his code at first. Like, thou shalt not kill for standing near a child. Hammurabi <laughs> no, no. is that ancient leader who was the first one to have the written law. I put it together that, eventually, but I really I, thought I we were going to do some gorilla jokes on, for a while. The, uh, the, uh, between Zoroastrianism and uh, and Hammurabi's code, it's it's code. It seems like the Bible really borrowed a lot from other people. Jesus borrowed a huge amount from. Uh, someone's going to. A comment and explain the names that I got wrong, but it's close enough. So G the story of Jesus, like born of God, you know, the Trinity, he comes down, dies to save people, you know, redeem their sins, comes back from the dead, yada, yada. On almost exactly the, ex almost, ex I'm sorry? I said on Christmas, that's part of where I... The, the, oh yeah, on Christmas, it, uh, right. you know, the Saturnalia, or whatever it is, um, that was the, Saturnalia I think was the festival for pagans before it became Christmas when Constantine politicized Christianity in whatever century it was. But, um, uh, who is fuck, the copy fuck. of? I forget too. Is it some horse-faced god or something? Oh, it was no, no. It was a copy of the Egyptian gods, and before that, something else, I believe. But it was like Zoroastrianism was the first. Osiris was the son of Ra or whatever, and Osiris came down in a human form and died for the sins of Egyptian people and then came back to the dead and now lives with Ra in heaven or whatever the hell it was. Like it was, I'll have to go find the document itself, but it really goes through and shows direct comparisons between ancient Egyptian scripts and uh, the Bible and that whole story structure and the, the flood, all of that stuff. Like so much of it is repurposed from old religions. I don't know a lot about Zoroastrianism, like you're saying, Kyle, but I'm sure that that... Yeah, I saw like, a YouTube video that laid all of this out, but the thing is... My own knowledge to, like, sort of fact check it is at zero. Like, in the Christianity stuff, it's like, yeah, a lot of this sounds right. Jesus born on Christmas. Okay, I'm with you to there. And then when they start talking about all these other religions, some of which I hadn't even heard of. I didn't know they were a thing at all. Um, I, I, like, I don't know if this is true or not, but it sure is interesting. Yeah. Yeah, religions are really interesting to read up on. Mm. Just kind of figuring out what different religions say across the world and how it's kind of formed societies in those areas. I, I want to learn more about like Chinese religions and Japanese. Is, is it Taoism or is that Japanese? Something like Taoism. that. Taoism. Taoism? I thought it was yeah. Taoism. It's spelled Taoism, but it's pronounced oh, it's Taoism. Taoism. Well, mm. the more you know. Yes. The more you know. <laughs> Knowledge I is power. Yeah, I heard Taoism, and I'm like, is that a stock market thing? <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> that uh, that link I I I I sent you to is exactly what we we're just talking to, and it's like the nitty gritty details of uh, everything that Jesus and Christianity stole from Mithra and Zoroastrianism. That's that's exact. Thank you, so Kyle. You that's perfect. Yeah, so of course, apparently the Osiris thing with Ra or whoever it was was based on this Mithra. Zoroastrianism kind of thing of you know sun being sent down died the whole the whole bit so it's neat you think like if you made a new religion I would want to make it from scratch because look I at L. Ron Hubbard he had some original fucking ideas he's got spaceships he's got like DC tens he's got body thetans coming from ancient spirits he's got Xenu intergalactic warlords all kinds of cool shit volcanoes 
Like he had original ideas. Yeah, that uh, is that good. Not good ones. Not good <laughs> ideas. Well, it, like, it's worked so far. Did you ideas. see that? What's her name? That uh, Leah Gatti something. And that that actress is, did that big expose against. Uh, um, she was. She, I think she was on that show King of Queens. Uh, um, she's a she's a well-known actress, and she was into Scientology for like three or four hundred thousand dollars. Was she the, and the now, pretty wife in King of Queens? Yes. Okay. Yeah, and now she's come out with this A and E thing, like telling all about um, Scientology and really throwing them under the bus. So their threat, Scientology is threatening to sue A and E. And today, the actress did a uh, an Ask Me Anything on Reddit. It was pretty good, and oh, she's cool. brutal. Like she hates them. She's like, you know, any when someone referred to it as religion, she puts religion in quotes. Yeah, the religion. <laughs> and she explains the hierarchy and how there's that guy at the top who knows it's all bullshit and and he's the one who has these people below him and they don't know it's bullshit and then they're the people who are being blackmailed and controlled and uh it's pretty interesting. Do you think that Isn't exists like a in Christianity? Scene? That like Oh, no, not not even close to the Are same you asking level. if the at, pope at believes in god? Day. Kind of, like the it. What I'm asking is if that know it's bullshit thing happens along the way, right? Like so, and I I suspect it doesn't. I'll tell you why. My parents believe in God, so they actually believe in God, and to them, like they've had some verifiable miracles. Like you know, I uh, I, I wish I could think of something like, oh yeah, you know, I, uh, I I prayed that Pat would get a date, and then there she was. There she was. It's a miracle, and uh, it's like really that—that's your miracle that like, you know, somebody went on a date that—that's that could have happened without God. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that, that you but, just chimp attack woman a date—that's a miracle. The Pope knows he's never spoken to God; that he doesn't have any like indisputable proof, the stuff that would really stand up to. Actually, not to them, though, because to yeah. them it is proof. Like, if you talk to a religious person and mm -hmm. you try and say, like, you know, oh, that's not proof of uh, of this and that, they'll tell you the whole thing they're supposed to say, which is like, well, you know, to someone on the outside who doesn't actually know the inner workings of God, it does appear to be happenstance. But when you have a relationship with God, you you know, he'll speak to you and he'll tell you these things. And, and really what it is when people think they're speaking to God, I think it's just intuition because God's not talking to you. And but I really don't think that the Pope, like some popes throughout time, especially like I don't know, seven hundred years ago, when being the Pope didn't just mean you like live king. in this small. Yeah, you were like a king. Like you would like when the king when King Henry the Eighth was talking to King Francis in France, it wasn't just hey we need to talk about what we're gonna do as nations. It was hey we need to you know get the approval of the Pope. Mm -hmm. We need to get Pius the Ninth or whatever to, to get behind us to give our leadership credence because apparently because you know I'm the king and the isn't only the person Pope higher than me is God and the Pope. Isn't the Pope actually like you know if you're if you believe um, the Bible literally isn't he supposed to be in like radio contact with yeah. God? Like isn't he supposed to be able to like get on his God phone and be like yo? We covered this in school. Apparently, no popes boys. can claim that they do or don't talk to God, and none of them have lately. Now that's from the '80s, but. Um, or the 90s, whatever it was. But yeah, so so apparently some popes say, yeah, I, I straight up talk to God, have regular conversations like we do. And some say, yeah, I don't actually do that. And apparently yeah. the latter is more common right now. I would prefer that in my pope, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you yeah. like the pope who doesn't have an imaginary friend? Yes. Yeah, but no, that, that, no. I just wonder if it question because like there are people who flat out believe in God. I've seen a guy. He took a picture. It, it's called Jesus rays. I'm sure there's another name for it too, where you can sunlight. See, 
Yeah, it's yeah. sunlight, but <laughs> typically beams of sunlight through like a forest canopy or something, and they call them Jesus rays. And he's like, anyone who thinks that this happens without God is just, you know, like, I can't understand where they're coming from. And I think, huh, so you consider sunlight proof of God? Like, so their standard for proof, in my opinion, is very low. When you get someone like the Pope, who let's all assume is very intelligent and on top of things, d- I guess he believes it all, I guess. But, you know, the, like, the, is there some little doubt somewhere up top? Cardinals, Pope, whatever, who, who yeah, thinks... Yeah, has got to be. I, here's what yeah, I think, sure. honestly. And, and I, I think that... I think we're naive if we don't think this because every now and then we get a little peek under the rug of these higher branches of society than we're all part of. And we always find dirt and filth there. I think there's a big component of the Catholic Church that is absolutely evil and all about fucking little boys and and like maintaining a, a some sort of global power structure. Mm-hmm. There's so much money flowing when you've got a billion people in your cult and they're all flowing it up to the top. Along the way, that's it, it, a billion people paying like in, 1. all 8 over the world. Like 1.8 billion or something. Like yeah. it's it's enormous. Yeah, I, I... And, like, when they talk about spreading Christianity and such, do some of them at that meeting table think, like, this is a business, right? We're talking about marketing decisions here. Yeah. And we're spreading Christianity. Are we saving souls or collecting dollars? Both. I think that even within the organization, there's probably a lot of people who genuinely think, like, this is my calling. I feel like God is telling me to do this. Like, I want to do right by God. That's the number one thing in my life. What if? And those what if people there within is the organization God? are being taken advantage of as well by the people in the organization who are like, oh, yeah, Pope, like, you're totally right about making that statement. Like, yeah, God definitely wants that fucking idiot. You know, can't wait till we in- talk about, you know, the new 11% tithe rollout marketing <laughs> plan for, for next year. But uh, yeah, that will be a funny day when they're like, you know what? Ten percent just is not cutting it, guys. I am so sorry. Like, it's gonna have to be yeah. a little more. You're gonna Ooh, have yeah. to penny pinch at home. We've got a shrinking <laughs> prayer base, and yeah. we need to raise taxes from ten to eleven percent to maintain our current levels of revenue. Yeah. And yeah. while we're on this topic, you're not making it home in time for the Cowboys game. You know, this isn't <laughs> gonna be done. We're taking it very seriously. No. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Kyle, what were you trying to say? I don't know. I just don't like religions. Um, well, I'm trying to think if there's anything else to cover. Trump did, Trump did so many things. I, do, what I, do you think he's doing with Romney? Because here's what I'm thinking. There's a couple, of, and maybe I've went through this before, but there is the chance that, and I, part of me hopes that this isn't who Trump is, but part of me hopes it is who Trump is. He's Romney dogged him it, it, like like nobody else dogged Trump. Romney recorded mm. those robocall messages for his competitors where, you know, a machine calls your phone and, hi, I'm Ed Romney, and I'm here to tell you why Donald Trump will not be the next president of the United States and why you should vote for whoever the other guy was that was in second place. He was doing that shit. I'm hoping that Trump has invited him over, given him a little hope, and and as soon as he walks out, he, he closes that door, and they all bust into laughter. Like, they're playing a big joke on Mitt Romney on a global fucking stage, the same stage he used to mock Donald and now, tonight, right about now, actually, Mitt Romney is having dinner with Donald. And so he's finding out. Because I bet Mitt Romney isn't quite sure. He doesn't know any more than I do whether whether Donald is about to be like, no. 
Changed my mind. This is like uh, when do... the scrawny, nerdy kid tries out for a frat, and they make it seem like he might get in. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like that pig date night, like when you, you know, your hopes uh -huh. get so high, and you realize you're just the, 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 the joke. You are the yeah. joke. It's the dinner know? for schmucks. <laughs> yeah, tonight might be his, like Mitt Romney getting pig blood dumped on him from above, and like all of Donald's friends, like wearing. Wearing masks, like <laughs> laughing at him, pointing like it might be some dark shit for uh, Mitt Romney tonight. <laughs> or, or he might pick him as Secretary of State, which would be a really it's, fascinating move too. This whole concept of words matter, right? This was a big thing, and, and and historically, when the president just utters something, like it moves markets, jobs get created, companies get destroyed. Like, think words matter when you're president. But I think Trump's. Like, I'm getting numb to them. You know when North Korea says, I'm going to send missiles to America and we're going to turn that whole country to glass. I'm well, just wait, like, wait, wait, ah, wait, fuck it. It's North Korea. Though. They say crazy shit, right? Like, that's but a thing. But he doesn't have the missiles. That's why we laugh. Well, I think he, he's he got stuff. You don't know. Us. He's got he nukes. He doesn't Korea. have the missiles, but he has nukes. There, well, so he's on the border with South Korea, so of course he's got a missile that'll hit them. But he ain't got anything that'll hurt us. What's he going to send with those, those clunky fucking submarines over here? I've always wondered why it's so hard. Like, couldn't they just do some sailing Le Vagabond-like yacht and get it over here? I don't know. But anyway. Just put more gas in the rocket. <laughs> so, so uh, uh, but anyway, there are certain leaders. The Philippines and North Korea come to mind. Who, or is it Singapore? I might be mixing it up. But they, they say silly, silly things. And... Now our leader does. And I feel like so long as you know that this leader is prone to saying silly things, then you can take their words you know, more it. appropriately. Yeah, just, just you know, like, oh, did Trump say something wacky that, that now we're going to scale back the First Amendment? Trump just being Trump. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe, or maybe he'll start fucking making executive decisions, amending the Constitution and writing fucking laws into law. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, that's not how it, it works, though. You ever see the you ever <laughs> you Running Man? I, I, I you better hope man. that Donald doesn't stay up late one night tweeting at three a.m. and all of a sudden Arnold Schwarzenegger's Running Man comes on television because that'll be your fucking future. He'll be, you know. I think Schwarzenegger got it right. This is how we should handle our criminal justice system: <laughs> law and order. Let them fight it out. Like, oh, did you do you remember Obama signed something saying they were going to get rid of federal prisons? I'm private sorry, prisons, right? private prisons. Private. I said it wrong. Uh, I think I wanted to say is federal prisons were going to stop going to be private. And uh, since then, they're just like renewing contracts with private companies. Business yeah, as he's usual. just backing up on that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I really Which like the idea. It's a betrayal to yeah, I do too. Those what you would think is his main dick. constituency, right? Like, like if you're a black American right now who is a victim of that, of that, of the prison industrial system, as they called it in Oz, then aren't you looking at this as a real dark day? I look at Obama through this rose-colored lens, you know. I've said it a bunch of times. Everyone looks at their guy through through a lens. And I looked at it and said, I guess he just felt like he had to. You know, like like he wanted to get rid of private prisons. And then when he tried it, realized that there weren't public ones standing by ready to fire up. Like maybe he can't implement this like he dreamed. He tried to shut down Guantanamo, right? He, he, he like, signed it. I think that was a mistake. He got... I feel like I don't know enough. Well, he didn't get anything done, so no. But he didn't get anything. Made. There you go. But he tried. Like he legit tried. He he put that up, and I think he got voted down two or three times. And people are like, "Oh, he lied about that." Well, there's a variation between lying and not getting it done. But I think we need to torture. I, th I think we should. I think we do need to torture. Uh, you know, not uh, you know, not pulling fingernails off. That's not necessary. But I like the waterboarding and uh, 
and all that stuff. I think we should do that. I don't know. Just put Chelsea Handler's show on and, and leave <laughs> that on a loop in a very like silent Chelsea room Handler. on I very loud track. No, fuck Chelsea Handler. She's, she's hot. I, I think she's attractive and she's Why funny. She's so she bad. Political. She ha- she's not funny in the least. I chuckle. That's is why that, she's bad. That's the only explanation. She's she's a she's a professional comedian who is woefully unfunny. There are people who are unfunny who you don't like, and then there are people who are so unfunny in a position where they're supposed to be funny that it, you like you catch yourself like chipping your teeth. You're gritting so hard. People like Trevor Noah and Chelsea Handler. You know who's who my are just, least oh, funny funny person? Funny. The person I hate the most that people think is funny, Martin Lawrence. I'm told he's a pretty great guy, but I can't think of any role that he's in that I don't just detest. I used you know to watch what? his TV I am, show. I am on board with you on that. I can't, now that I'm thinking about it, I can't think of anything that he's actually funny in. What's the guy from uh, Shawshank Redemption? Martin Lawrence did a job, did a movie with him once, and I thought it was just hilarious. Uh, I don't know. I, I've, I've enjoyed some Martin Lawrence stuff. Andy? Uh, and- Andy uh, Dufresne? Yeah. Andy Dufresne, yeah. <laughs> That's his name. Whatever uh, else he did. Yeah, I don't know what yeah, other actor. But, um, um, huh. I, I really don't like Louis C.K. I don't find anything he does funny. Um, I'm hit or miss on Louis. I, 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 he hasn't hit yet. I, I, haven't, I haven't enjoyed anything he's ever done. I just can't get into it. And I, you know, it's, I know he's wildly popular. I'm just in the minority. It doesn't do it yeah, for there me. There was None a of time, funny. call it four years ago, where I thought Louis C.K. was... And I, I still do, it's just not anymore. Just doing the as good as stuff has ever been done in the realm of comedy, right? Like like um not Chris Tucker, Chris Rock, right? At his peak, I thought his stuff was great. Eddie Murphy at his peak, I thought his stuff was amazing. I thought Louis C. K. or I think Louis C. K. at his peak was right there with the with the best that there is. And right now, and I, I never liked his stuff before, I feel like Rogan's got the best recent special I've seen in a while, triggered. I really enjoyed Trigger. Yeah, I think I Rogan had a good one. But I mean, yeah, you're What right. a multi-talented He's... guy. I'm a big fan of Rogan just because of all the cool shit he does and how good he is at it. Virtually all of it. Like, you know, yeah. the, what's his black belt at? Is it, is it jiu-jitsu or taekwondo? Both. There you go. So he's that kind of guy. You know, he's just very impressive. Uh, yeah. I, he, he acts well. He, 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 he's a great host of whatever you put him on. And I don't, and the fact that he's so, so knowledgeable about MMA, like I'm, I was so, uh, Chiz and I were talking about this the other day. Like, I really prefer it if Joe's on there. I'm watching the FS1 fights, the Fox fights, and the mm-hmm. and, and that stuff, and it doesn't have him. And it's got some guy that it's much younger and like kind of looks like a douchebag. And when he gets in the ring with a fighter, it's like they don't even they don't look like peers at all. When Joe gets in there, Joe's not a really he's not a fighter, but he's definitely fighter adjacent. I like, feel like, like he's definitely part of that community. When you're on like the main card of a pay-per-view event, there's a certain aura there, right? There's the big lights, the big stage, the pay-per-view, the bigger arena, the whole thing. And I feel like Joe is part of that big-time package. When a fighter gets interviewed by Joe Rogan, they're like, holy shit, I'm really doing it. I actually won like a, a main UFC fight here, and I'm talking to Joe fucking Rogan right now. And when you're being interviewed by like Brian Stan or Kenny Florian or something like that, it's like, yeah, I like yeah. Kenny Florian. He's okay. I like them both. I think, and you know, Brian Stan in particular is like a great human being, but they don't have the aura. Joe means Madison Square Garden. Yeah, I, li- I like Joe a lot. Uh, I feel like he adds a ton to it. And uh, I think you chimed in the other day and agreed that, you know, it's 
he, he disagrees with the UFC. He disagrees with whatever he sees. If he sees bullshit, no matter whose bullshit it is, whether it's the UFC's, mm -hmm. Dana White's, a fighter, a ref, um, a corner man, a cut man, a fan out in the audience, he calls it immediately. He's like, whoa, whoa, hey, that's bullshit. Yeah. Oh, we should do something about that right now. That shouldn't <laughs> be like that. That messes everything up. We can't be having that. Look at it. One thing, that, you know, Joe... they spill ice. <laughs> yeah, I hate that scene. Joe does this thing uh, that I like a lot. Like, let's say of the top 10 fighters, two of them are in Bellator. Joe will mention that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the UFC's got eight out of it. I feel like everyone else has to act as if there are no other fighters outside of the UFC. And if they are, they're just minor leaguers wishing they were in the UFC. No, dude, Rory McDonald's like the third best in his weight class. And he just went to Bellator. So he's out there. Mm. Eddie Alvarez came from, I think it was Bellator. Could have been Strikeforce, but I think he was in Bellator. I'm not sure. And uh, But he just joined the UFC, and like three fights later, he was champ. Dude. So where can I watch these Bellator fights? And do they fight in a cage, or do they have those fucking ropes? I hate the ropes so much. Uh, they have a cage, and they're on TV. Viacom owns them. I don't think they're pay-per-view. Bellator used to be pay-per-view, but they didn't get enough buys, and it just made more sense to put it on TV. I don't even know. I'll have to figure it out. I don't, I don't know where to watch. Yeah, yeah I'm going to try and get more See, of the, the UFC, since, the so then we can all be on the same page with the sport. I'm really <laughs> enjoying it, because I've watched so many fights in the last... I, I've, I've watched 40 fights in the last two weeks. I've had to, because of those two pay-per-view events, and uh, the uh, all the Fox fights and those prelims and stuff. Um, I've, had, I've, I've really been enjoying it. And then I watched like a ton of... like. Oh, I wish I could think of the guy's YouTube channel. He's got like a ton of these videos that are like um, the dirtiest MMA fighters, biggest mismatches, biggest beatdowns. He's got like all of those videos. Huh. So I just watched them in succession um, to see like you get to the dirtiest fighters and you'll immediately pick some guys. You're like, well, fuck that guy. Um, Michael Visbing um, uh, was, of course, right in there for his eye pokes, his groin kicks. Really? And stuff. I don't think yeah. of him as dirty. Okay. Uh, they, they showed him doing a lot of dirty stuff and also you know, spitting on the other guy's corner man. Now that one, um, he was a little just... There was a big pre-fight lead up to that. I won't say he was a gentleman, but... He uh, spat on another man. Um, now, I did see another instance where... At, in the at, South, at the, that's an insult. That's, <laughs> a, that's a wings reaction. <laughs> in the deep South, it's foreplay. <laughs> I saw one of them where, like, in the pre-fight thing where they're, like, doing the, like, fist by each other's face thing. Dude brought a squirt bottle, a ch -ch -ch bottle full of urine and, and, and nails the guy in the face immediately with as many pumps as he can get in before they're pulled apart. Wow. That's, yeah. uh, that's just assault. So That's you should just go to jail. Exactly. You, should, uh, you know what I hope salty. happens? I hope that guy has to forfeit the fight because he's uh, dealing with something in prison. Yeah, you know, he's he's in jail. He's getting he's he's finding out that being the best wrestler in Bellator isn't that great when there's <laughs> you know seven Aryans holding you down. But um, yeah, so what an asshole! Fuck him. Spring urine on someone? Seriously, fuck that guy. Sometimes yeah, it goes that, the that, other that, way. What a, what a I like piece that of a lot. Complete garbage, dude. I, I see that, guys in the car accident on the way home. They Paralyzed. bring snacks. The guy they bring snacks to the weigh-in, and they like have them for their opponent too. Like, dude, I brought cupcakes. Yeah. You want some? And they both yeah. just made weight. They're like, yeah, I do want cupcakes right now. And they like share them in their weigh-ins and smile for yeah, the yeah. cameras and. That stuff's Actually, always fun, give too. Give each other flowers. Oh, you stuff. like it? Well, there's piss in that cupcake. Yeah. <laughs> you know the you like there's... that jizz? <laughs> I came inside that cupcake, boy. I'm going to fuck you their ass tomorrow in the ring. Oh, I, oh I you think the... I mind having a little bit of cum in my cupcake? <laughs> oh, you'll do nothing. You'll do nothing. I'll eat all the cum you need. That's all your protein. I'll take your strength from you. He was telling you in the ring tomorrow night. 
I'll fuck you up. <laughs> oh, you'll do nothing. You know, just, <laughs> bullshit. I, I like Connor. I think he's, he's my favorite. I'll, I'll just pick him. He's my guy. He's a lot of people's face. He's oh, obviously and I, the most I, popular. I, so I, I don't know what the betting odds will be on fight night, but I saw that it's two to one Ronda over Nunez, mm-hmm. and I'm going to bet on Nunez. I'm going to. I don't know how to bet on Nunez, but I'm going to get started on that process. I'm going to put some money in some online account and put a hundred fucking dollars on Nunez to win that fight. And if there are like, you know, if you can like go, if if it's like two to one that she that that she wins or whatever, that it, maybe there are odds of like her submitting Ronda. Maybe there are odds of her knocking Ronda out. I say she knocks Ronda out. I. Dude, there have been two things I've been really certain of. I thought I I gave real consideration to betting ten thousand dollars on Hillary to win and Eddie Alvarez to beat Connor, and I'm very glad that I still have both of those in my pocket. Yeah, it's twenty thousand dollars I didn't lose on those two sure things. My confidence is shaken. But like forty grand that you almost made. I, I, yeah. But the God, I think the odds are good for this though, because because mm. Ronda is such an unknown after taking a year off. Her, we don't know if her mind is strong. Mm-hmm. We don't know if she's committed to a career in MMA the way that that you need to be going into this. We don't know if her body is right. We don't know if her skills are right. I don't know if she's been if her hands are where they need to be. Is she's going to be like throwing those crazy punches like she did coming out, mm-hmm. or is she going to be standing there like? taking your time measuring her opponent and sticking and jabbing and moving like is she going to is it is it just going to be pure judo and like and and rage or is she going to come out and and be able to fight this Nunez Nunez character who seems pretty fucking tough for people that don't know that the, the questions Kyle has have been widely asked like these aren't dumb questions they she was really shaken mentally and you still I just think I was just reading about today how she's pissed off at Joe Rogan uh, because Joe Rogan apparently wasn't completely 100% loyal to her and and said, you know, she got rocked or had a bad day or whatever. And she just, she's pissed off at a lot of people. She didn't take a loss very well. There's there's actually no one who's taken a loss worse than her. And uh, when she got the um, bronze medal in judo in the Olympics, she just quit judo and became a bartender. Like, she could have made another. Obviously, her athletic career is not over. She could have gone for another gold. But instead, she just fucking packed up her bags and left. Now she takes her first loss in the UFC. We don't know what she has. She's a complete head case. That much we know. I just don't know what she'll be like on fight night. If there's two to yeah. one odds, might be smart. I don't know. I'm yeah. going to keep my and, money and in worst my case scenario, Worst case scenario, the fight still is, is more fun than normal to watch, and I lose $100. Best case scenario, I won a couple hundred bucks. I think that's what's going to happen, too. I don't think she's going to win. I don't think she's going to win, and I think it's going to be a... A real embarrassment. I hope she doesn't win because if she does win, I think she's gonna like retire. Uh, she'll have like one more snowball de- title defense, some bullshit, and she'll beat up another Pilates instructor or like housewife, and then she'll retire on top after some colossal thirteen-second <laughs> victory over Tammy Baker from from Greenville, South Carolina, or some shit. And has she literally fought a Pilates instructor, or is that just an example? That's just an example of like the where a lot of the you know those yeah. fighters come oh, from. Right. If you if if you watch that, um, you know, I was watching those monta- that th- those videos, you know, the different categories of MMA stuff, and and one of them was the the MMA mismatches, and it was I don't know what division of fighting, but it looked pretty legit, and there was a female fighter who was a hundred percent legit. She had that man, 
she had man shoulders. They were extra wide. She was cut, ripped, muscular, and she's bouncing on her toes. She could fucking fight. And the woman she was fighting was literally a. They, they described her as a housewife who saw Ronda Rousey, who was inspired by Ronda Rousey. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> and and she comes out and she's literally doing this, like like she comes comes and the other chick is just coming with overhand rights, just pummeling her at really really hard. Um, I I watched two or three hours of those YouTube videos. We had a good time with that. I I don't like seeing people get hurt and and be like, oh no, his brain, his brain, his brain, but. If first of all, if I think they deserve it, like the tattooed guy who yeah, was uh, yeah. who was who that was, was, who was uh, being an asshole to uh, Ben Wynn or something, Ben Wynn, Ben yeah, Wynn, yeah. 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 But it's pronounced Ben Wynn's one of my new favorites. Ben Wynn is great. Uh, his name is spelled like N G Y N G U Y E N. He's Korean, I think. But it's pronounced it's the most uh, common last name in Vietnam, I believe. I okay, worked with thanks. a Vietnamese yeah. guy named Wynn at Cisco. Yeah. Hmm. Probably him. That it was pronounced win. I thought it was Nguyen. So you have saved me embarrassment. (laughs) (laughs) I should have known. I worked with a guy, but I still called him Nguyen because I'm fucking me. (laughs) (laughs) Because I am who I am. (laughs) You fuck up enough names, they'll make a few videos about it. I didn't watch the second one. I watched the first one, and I thought it was funny too. Very funny. Ah. Uh, all right. Well, that's probably a show, that right? Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. PKA episode one twenty. Good times. Yeah. Good night, Bye, everyone. Yeah.